You are listening to a Lube audio miniseries. We are constantly publishing audio movies and other audio dramas. If you're into sci-fi, thrillers, or cozy little crime stories, you'll always find the right audio entertainment for you at www.lubeaudio.com. The Sigmund Freud Files, a podcast series in four parts by Heiko Martens. Season 1, The Second Face, Episode 1 of 4, Vienna, 1920. Professor Sigmund Freud, pioneer of the groundbreaking and hotly disputed young science of psychoanalysis, usually sees his patients at his home office. It won't come as a surprise that Dr. Freud finds his own ego, superego, and id mingling with his explorations of his patients' minds. And praise be on his highly talented daughter, Anna. Without her dry wit and common sense, he'd be lost many times. One day, police officer Carl Gruber seeks relief for his troubled soul on Dr. Freud's couch. Adding to his dramatizing memories of the Great War, a mysterious murder case is haunting him. A young actress at the world-famous Berg Theater was brutally murdered. The victim shows troubling signs pointing to a vampire looming large in Vienna. Dr. Freud, always lured by the challenge to shed light on delusions of the mind, agrees to discreetly join Gruber's investigations. Of course, it quickly turns out he can't do without Anna. Both men have no clue of the risk they put her at. I am the ego the crowning glory of a society that has become a culture, a spirit that became a science, a life at the zenith and beyond. And still I claim to be the master of myself. Always ask me, the super-ego, before you make any decisions, before you think to feel, before you can even have an opinion. I am the sand in your gaze, the attic your miserable hut, the eternally eroding wave that surrounds your rock. Ignore me all you want, you fools. Forget about the id in this entity. Cast off the shackles that bind you to the beast. I want your fearful sweat, the blood, the sex. The smaller you try to make me, the stronger I will be in the end. <laughs> Ignore me all you want. See now, the soulful, barely breathing limbs are torn apart. One part leaps into the hollow cauldron, another chooses the spit. All around the chambers overflow in blood. Pronkner calls an unsuspecting Terrius to come and feast. Seated high on the ancestral throne, Terrius piles his own flesh and blood down his throat. Oh, for pity's sake! His own flesh and blood, Heights! Don't play it with pride! It's the destruction that I want to hear! Can you get that into your head? Should I go along with Heinz, Father? I could give him a hand and help him in his conflict. His character has no conflict here, you dummy! Concentrate on your own text, you're having a hard enough time as it is! Your performance is all in the background and it's going to stay that way! Oh, this is embarrassing. It's absolutely pitiful. You're all amateurs. 
that we'll carry on tomorrow. Philomena's entrance, 8am. This is the worst old somebody I've ever had to work with. A bunch of spoiled brats. I don't know why I even bother. Here is my... Here. Here is... Here is my... Are you coming, Marianne? Don't make too much of what my father just said. Uh, I just wish you could see that uh, I do understand the text. It's not like I'm stupid. I know. And my father knows it too. I'm sure of it. Well, that's very sweet of you to say, Marianne. You're taking too much crap from him. He's your own father. So, are you coming? I'm going to stay a little while. To concentrate on my text. (laughs) (laughs) Don't spend too much time on it. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Heinz. Here is my throat, awaiting death from the sword by your side. Father. Father. Hello? I can't see anything. Is anybody there? Heinz? Here is my throat. Hello, I'm still here. Father, is that you? Father. Father. Awaiting death from the sword. lying in my bed. The foot end of the bed was facing the window. There was a row of, of walnut trees in, in front of the window. Suddenly the window opened all by itself and, and I saw six or seven walls in the walnut tree directly in front of the window. The walls were all white and, and looked a little like foxes or, or, or like sheepdogs. What happened then? Nothing at all. The wolves didn't move. They just stared at me. I must have screamed. I was afraid they were going to eat me. Then I woke up. I keep having this dream. When did you first have this dream? I must have been four or five. I was sick at the time and... And I had to stay in bed. Why do you think the wolves were white? It makes me think of the sheep that belonged to a neighbour of ours. They were all white and and so beautiful. My father always took me with him so we could see the sheep. Until there was an epidemic and and most of the animals died. That's incredible. Uh, Please excuse me. Uh, Yes? There's a Mr Gruber to see you. It seems to be very urgent... Maybe you could see him? Would you mind, Mr. Pankajev? Of course, Professor. I have a lot to to think about after today's session. Thank you very much. 
And again, please accept my apology. Then we are done here for now. Wolves? Why wolves, Professor? That would have been my next question. We will talk about it next time. Thank you very much. Uh, Until next time, Professor. Milady. Goodbye, Mr. Pankajeff. May I? Professor, what an honour to meet you. It's all right, Anna. Come on in. Mr. Gruber, I see. Carl Gruber, pleased to meet you. I'm sorry to barge in here like this, but I had a feeling that only a wise man like yourself... Yes, yes. Maybe you could lie down on the couch. I have to finish up my notes here for a moment. Oh, Oh, the famous couch. You... You want me to lie down on it? All right. But I, I can't even see you like this. I'm right here. Just relax. Oh, dear God. I've been on my feet for far too long. Two nights without sleep. Oh, this couch is making me tired. Maybe I should... Tell me, Mr. Gruber. What brings you here? The reason I'm here... And the reason I didn't sleep for two nights is... Did I even tell you what I do for a living? Well, you came in and you laid down on the couch. I think we skipped that part. I work at the constabulary. I'm a police officer. What rank do you have there? Precinct director, Professor. Kindly enlighten me as to what that entails. Actually, I'm a sergeant, second class, or rather titular sergeant post-commander. I mean, before the war. So I should have become precinct post-commander after the war. But the major there thought I had amply proven my worth, I mean, during the war, so I became precinct director, which actually would have been precinct sergeant or precinct sergeant commander before the war. excuse me. Yes? Uh, The military aspects are not that important to me. I understand. This transition is getting a little too much for us on occasion as well. I just want to do my job, you see, to the best of my ability. I fight crime, violent crimes, murder, all that is abject and miserable in our society, the abnormal parts on the fringes, this uh, horror. Do you know what I mean? I think I understand. So, what brings you to me? Uh, I haven't slept for two nights. I started thinking about how everything... Why... Everything can happen like this. Of course, I also have to... I mean, I'm supposed to catch the criminal or criminals. We're a republic now, after all. The war is over. We have peace. It is true that the war has destroyed some of mankind's most valuable achievements. It has confused some of the most remarkable and intelligent persons. But I would see it as a mistake to see justice and violence as being independent of each other. It is possible that man is shaped by the society surrounding him. And it is true that society is the result of what people make of it. That's too much politics for my taste. But maybe what I need is someone who thinks like this. Would you like to tell me a little more about what you experienced during the war? I'd prefer not to, Professor. At least, not now. Who cares about madness when everyone's gone mad? Is it your current case that has made you so distraught? It's a mystery, Professor. Also a little eerie. 
Can you promise me something, Professor? What do you mean? You know that my profession is tied to a certain confidentiality, right? I'm not actually allowed to talk about it, not to my wife, not to my friends, and not to you. As far as that goes, I've also made an oath. What we discuss here is subject to my oath of confidentiality as a doctor. <sighs> Excellent. So you're something like my confessor? I'm not here to grant you absolution. But if you'd like to see it that way... Yes. I would. Okay. The dead woman. A young actress at the Berg Theatre. Beautiful, talented, and with the promise of a successful career, as far as I can tell. She's also the daughter of the theatre director, Anton Preslauer. A stagehand found her dead at the theatre on the morning after a rehearsal. Somebody had hung her up on the stage by her feet. The stagehand said she looked as if she were crucified, only with her head facing down, like a negation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Was it the hanging that killed her? No. No, it was something different. That's the thing. Whoever killed her, they shredded her throat. The girl was practically bled out like a pig in an abattoir. Excuse me, Professor. There was no sign of the blood. What do you think? Why would somebody do such a thing? Don't you understand? Drained of blood, crucified upside down. There's only one explanation, Professor. This young woman was killed by a Nosferatu. You mean? Yes. The killer was a vampire. You were listening to the podcast series The Sigmund Freud Files. Season 1, The Second Face, Episode 1, with David Rintoul as Sigmund Freud, Carl Prekop as Carl Gruber, Emma Tate as Anna Freud. Produced by Lubba Audio. If you liked our audio drama miniseries, The Sigmund Freud Files, please go to www.lubbeaudio.com and find audio entertainment galore matching your taste and moods. We're looking forward to your visit. Please tell us how you like the episode by leaving a review here in the comment section.